Welcome back to another episode of MedShield Movement Connect Show. And as always, we have a phenomenal guest, but this one is very close to my heart. He is somebody who is not only a doctor, but he is an associate professor. He's got a BA, he's got honors, he's got masters. This is a very learned man. But on top of all of that, he was also Mr. South Africa 2017. So he's going to tell us how he did it. And in so doing, connect the dots for you. Get ready to know what you don't know about being body brilliant. This is the MedShield Movement Connect Show, where we connect the dots between fitness, health, wellness, nutrition, and of course you. Hosted by me, Dr. Fezim Kize, and a special guest that we have every month, sharing knowledge, insights, and groundbreaking tips on how to get fitter, be stronger, and live healthier. Turn up the volume and listen close. Today you amplify. It's the MedShield Movement Connect Show, Let's go. Habib, thank you so much for sitting down with me. And I'm exceptionally excited to have you today because I've had incredible guests. That's what we do here. But I feel a specific kinship to you because outside of the academia and the philanthropic work, you've actually been into pageants and you're Mr. South Africa 2017. How is it that you have such a diverse portfolio and what is it that drives you? Well, thank you so much for having me, Fez. I really appreciate it. It's great to be here. Well, for me, my motto is an ink of a scholar and heart of humanitarian is mightier than the blood of a martyr. So humanitarianism and academic work for me is a formidable combination to make a difference. So while it may seem that there's many hats, it's virtually just one purpose. And I have stalked you uh, quite extensively. I was kind of talking to him about talking about all of the things that he was doing outside of this actual show. But he's done every show from Mela to Expresso, talking about the fact that you can combine intelligence and you can combine this drive and this creativity in what would have been an unorthodox kind of landscape within pageants. And I say this having been in it and, and talking about the aesthetics, but you, you're the kind of one of the first people to really infuse that that intelligence, that, that philanthropic work as well, and push that to the fore. Absolutely. And I think it's part of that minority where we're really focusing on physical attractiveness. And in the South African demographic, as we know, if we really go out there, we tend to realize the challenges and the poverty and the socioeconomic disparities that we really have. So when we start to focus more on education, mental attractiveness, what you do, not necessarily what you look like, what you stand for and not necessarily how tall you are that's making big differences and i think that's the kind of um, that's a kind of perceptual the, the pragmatic change of mindset that we need to start having within society and i have to know because i did do my research but i didn't get too much into your background so where did you grow up what was the kind of infrastructure around the home that gave you these ideals so I grew up in Johannesburg, uh, humble upbringing, working class family, and um, as a Muslim, um, one of the third pillar in Islam is charity. So a lot of the things that we would do, although we're looking after our family, is to also give back, despite what the circumstances are. And fortunately, we were brought up in a community where, whether it's within the school or the community or in the park nearby, we were always being involved in different types of initiatives that would help and where we as children will be able to develop personally and professionally. And uh, there's always that saying that, you know, it takes a community to bring up a child. And in the South African demographic, we have exactly that. We've got many communities who are in need for a variety of things. But the key thing is that despite the challenges, 
they are incredibly strong. Mm. And because of that strength, it's not just the parents of the family that bring up a child. It's the communities that bring up champions. And it's those champions that are driving this agenda to make differences in various uh, facets within society, whether it's within health, whether it's in anthropology, sociology, economics, politics, etc., etc. So I think for me that was the key driver, is, is seeing that there is a need that needs to be fulfilled with a massive gap. And if I can be a pin drop within that gap, then I know that hopefully it will make some sort of a difference. So I, it was certainly a change of mindset that needed to be adopted. And, um, and I think for the youth out there especially, we need to try, start to think differently. The students that I teach as well, I try to tell them, don't look at me as a former Mr. South Africa. Look at me as your lecturer. I'm trying to take you from one point to the next to become a biokineticist, to become a sports scientist, or to become someone that's going to be proficient within your field. And it's not about physical attractiveness. Yes, you've got to look good. You've got to be fit. You've got to be well. But we've got to start play more of an emphasis on what's up there well what's on what's up in that mind and sorry about that mind but that, i think that's where the focus is right now and i love the fact that you're like don't look at me as a former mr south africa i was going to be like look at me as an assistant professor uh, just because that's what he is an assistant professor which is impressive associate, associate. sorry you see this is why i'm not gonna be a prof anytime soon but I feel like for me, you're somebody who seems to be really driven uh, when it comes to educating himself because you, you had the BA, you've kind of have your master's, you then went on, you have your PhD. There's just a whole bunch of accolades that I've already mentioned. What is it that drives you, first of all, and where do you get the time? Because you speak about the community, you're always out in the community. You lecture, you, you rear minds and kind of groom them to do good work in this country. How do you fit all of these things into your schedule and still be a family man? Because you spoke about the fact that you come and you look after your family as well. I think for me, Fez, it's more about me enjoying the intellectual space a little bit more. Because it's something that stimulates me. Uh, you know, when you're in the gym, as you know, when you're doing fitness and you're focusing on your own health and wellness, that's also some sort of physical stimulation. But for me, my day-to-day -day kind of vibe is that mental stimulation really keeps me going. And for me, that's an enjoyment factor that keeps on going. And if you're enjoying it, it's going to drive you. And that's what has driven me to, you know, to try and study as much as I can, learn as much as I can. I'm still learning. We're all learning. Because the health and wellness fraternity is continuously evolving at the same time. So I think for me, that's the most important factor of what really drives you. And what I've learned in that journey is balance. Balance is really, really important. And when you are able to structure a sense of balance and find that purpose, nothing can stop you from driving yourself forward. And once you've found that purpose, essentially you have a task to, well, a number of tasks to fulfill. Now, from a mind that is clearly more learned than mine, and we try to connect things here on the show for people at home so they can kind of have an idea of the basic building blocks that they need to achieve things that they want. And you are a mind that knows the human body very, very well. What are the key things that you would tell somebody if they were coming out of a bit of a slump from the lockdown, needing to get geared up again, but also still trying to figure out the work landscape because maybe they're transitioning back to working, but they also are trying to move and maybe even have injuries at home? So I think that's a very good question. We just touched on balance and, and you know, Fez, you know, homeostasis is one of those keys that 
returns the body state to a phase <laughs> of equilibrium. Um, but it's homeostasis, in fact. You know, whether you're sick, whether you're stressed, or whether you're out of shape, or whether you're unfit, whether you've got an injury, your body's trying to return to that state of balance and homeostasis. And it's not just the physical self that's trying to, to return, it's the mental state, as we know. So I think it's more the mindset than anything else. And I think once we are able to curb that mindset, in terms of it's okay not to be okay yeah you know and i think we've got to constantly ask everyone that simple but important question are you okay i mean talking about the mindset we also now seeing an increased prevalence of mental health uh, during the lockdown and it's really has caused a debilitating impact on a number of families uh we seeing within our circles within the professional space or in the academic spaces that um suicide risk is only on an increase depression etc etc and that's because the COVID 19 pandemic has really stirred people's lifestyle to a bring towards they would never have imagined Definitely. but on the contrary if we want to have a positive mindset we can actually look at it and say hmm this is a challenge that i could possibly embrace and this is something that when i look back on it it's an adversity that i've actually overcome so that's one way of actually looking at it. So to come back to that, whether you're looking at it from a mental, spiritual, physical sense, it's trying to get into a space of homeostasis. Balance up here, balance physiologically. And I think that, that balance, that key word is really important. So it's very hard to just give a generic guideline in terms of what people should do. But I think based on individuality and looking at people on a case-by-case basis, I think they need to really ask those tough questions. What is it that's taking me out of that space? Or what are the kinds of things they need to get me back in here? We could probably think already it's finances, it's maybe inequality that we're facing. But look beyond that. Is it really finances or money that's really going to look into happiness? Because happiness now we're seeing is actually affecting health and wellness. Financial wellness is affecting physical wellness. But I think each person out there needs to determine what is those factors that's going to return them to a state of balance. And that's important. I love it. And the connection is, is so good. And homeostasis, I mean, that was the key word that I think I took away from my first year in med school. Where I was just like, that's actually what we're trying to work uh, towards, regardless of illness or anything else. But you are the person who's been doing so much. How has your homeostasis been in terms of finding that balance in this time? Because everybody always thinks that they're suffering alone or they may be having some uh, experience that they're isolated in and of kind of themselves. How has your time during the lockdown been, even with everything that's still demanded of you? It's been challenging. Let me be honest there. It hasn't been easy, to be honest. I mean, there's days out there that, you know, when I'm doing certain activities, I'm like, okay, this is a little bit too much right now. You know, you're going to have those days. Let me admit, I'm talking about homeostasis, but I myself... We all are. We're human, right? We're all struggling to a certain extent. And there's there's one thing that we can't buy back or get back or bank, and that's time. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, there's a lot of people out there that need to factor this into their wellness and into their lifestyle is that we know that there's always three things that you'll have at any stages of your life, but never at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's money, energy, and time. And you've yeah. probably heard of the story before, but for the viewers out there and the members out there that, you know, money and energy is something you could possibly get back. You know, money you probably have as an elderly person or as an adult, but never as a child. And as with with time, as a child and as an elderly person, you have more time, but not as an adult because you're too busy. And with energy, you'll probably have it more as a child and as an adult, but not as an elderly person. So you're never going to have all three things at the same time. But there's one thing that you're not going to get back, and that's time. So 
it comes back to the point of, are we going to be working smartly? Are we going to look at better time management practices? Is there something as time management or is it more time in place? So it's really about how you're going to mobilize and utilize your time more effectively because everyone's priorities are really different. So it, it has been challenging during, during the pandemic. At the moment, working remotely at the university, the workload has actually increased, to be honest, um, because you are expected to respond more and you know do more, assist more students, assist more colleagues. You know, there's that perception that if you're working from home, you're not yeah, really more, working. More time <laughs> you have more time, yeah, right? Yeah. But you're actually working a lot more. You're not commuting to work. You're actually at an increased risk of sedentary behavior because you're possibly sitting a lot more. And so possibly having a standing desk set up is probably more effective, mm. you know, because it reduces sedentary behavior. But... You know, working from home saves so much time of commuting to work, having in-person meetings, doing this, doing that. To be quite honest with you, remote working is actually not just made you a lot more busier. It's actually made a lot more people more productive, in my view. I think productivity has certainly improved during the last year. My concern, however, is will we be able to fit through that door after this pandemic? <laughs> I think that's where we then make sure that this is the standard now. I feel like people are like, there's no turning back. At a, at a certain weight, you're like, okay, this is me now. This is my life and this is how I'm going to apply for jobs. But I love the fact that you're honest about the, like everything that's going on. And sometimes we can't pick up all the balls and we try as best as we can and reassess and kind of mentally try to figure out the things that we're trying to aim to. And clearly it has done really well for you in your life because you're somebody who seems to be able to reassess and do well but on the show we have great guests you're one of them um, and we're definitely putting you up in the rafters but I have to ask the hard questions I'm gonna do two of these because you're a very capable person I'm gonna ask the first three quick fire can't think too long greatest athletes of all time now you are somebody who's you know sports science who knows the human body can appreciate an athlete that does phenomenal things so when you say that these people are the greatest, I'm assuming that you've gone through all the mechanics of it and you can actually give a very educated answer. Three. So we have to go. First one. Cristiano Ronaldo. I like him. That's what I like him. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. No need to explain that one. Casta Semenya. Casta Semenya. Okay. Greatest of all time. That's South African. Throw it. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be the most common, to be honest. And Bill Goldberg. Now, I, I know a lot of athletes. Um, Bill Goldberg, the wrestler? You have to explain that one. Why Bill Goldberg? He's an ama- I mean, he's my favorite, all-time favorite wrestler. Why is he your number three? So if you go, I mean, wrestling is a form of entertainment, right? Of a lot of the things are scripted, as you probably know already. Sure. But if you go back in time and if you follow your story, the strength that this man had was insurmountable. I mean, there's something called a jackhammer, which I'm sure you yeah, know about, yeah, where yeah, they really yeah. pick up guards and they throw them out. Yeah. Uh, well, train, don't do this at home. But I mean, if in order for you to do this, it takes a lot of training and strength in order to do that. But to come back and do it repeatedly between that area within the 90s to the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and to have his last match just before 2020 of having a 30-year career, I mean, one would say, what about The Undertaker? Well, with respect, he's been fantastic. But I'm talking about pure muscle endurance and strength and power, explosive power. I mean, you could look at NFL players, you could look at rugby players, you could look at powerlifters at the Olympics, mm-hmm. you look at so many other guys. But in my experience, maybe I've overlooked others, he's one of the greatest. For me, in terms of explosive power and strength in athletes, I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, we, we know. He's, yeah. They actually did some studies on him and they found that he's a very well-balanced athlete in terms of 
all the components all the spheres, of fitness. yes. So definitely. you're thinking of speed, agility, fitness, strength, power, endurance. Longevity as well Longevity. is just insane. Yeah, absolutely. Tasa Semenya uh, really driving the female flag there. Yeah. She's unbelievable. Mm. You know, and she trains hard. So just quick answers. I think those are probably the three that I look into. Yeah. And I won't lie, the Bill Goldberg one actually warmed my heart. Because he's my all-time favorite wrestler. When his music will come on. Anyway, I'm <laughs> kind of detouring here, guys. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to these things. Okay, so... Clearly, I can't argue with you. You said all the stuff that sounds like it's very educated, the muscle, dexterity, longevity, everything else. But three scholars that you think have revolutionized the way that we engage um, on the academic kind of landscape. And so when I say this, it could be across the board, whatever kind of um, code you want to harp or kind of speak about. Any three that you think have really revolutionized how we go about life now. I would certainly say Stephen Hawking. Okay. Uh, I think he really started with the black hole and yeah. looking at things very differently. Um, certainly Isaac Newton. Um, I mean, if you look at you know the kind of things that we now are studying at, at, at basic education level mm. and uh, at school level. So definitely. I mean, those are really important things that we still use till now in terms of Newton laws. Sorry to go on. I got my third already, but <laughs> the Newton's laws of motion in biomechanics plays yes. a really important role within the sports sciences, mm. and I think at times. You know, depending on what people say from a sociological perspective, I think Isaac Newton is a little bit underestimated. Yeah. But I think definitely with him. And then lastly, it's a biased one, but worth reason, Professor Tim Lux. Of course. So I think within the field of UCT, health uh, that's a UCT shout out. That yes, I was. That's kind of why I needed to make sure UCT had some stage here. But uh, you've worked with him and he is an incredible, incredible man. Um, has done some phenomenal work. I was uh, honored enough to have sat in his lectures and listened to him as a student. Um, somebody who's been close having worked with him, how was that experience? Phenomenal. It's one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. Um, severely underestimated as mm. a person. Um, should deserve a lot more respect than he currently gets, more credibility than he currently gets. Um, you're not going to see another man like this for, for a very long time within the health sciences and medical fraternity. Um, I can say quite a lot about him, but I think just the work that he has focused on, mm. um, you know, I, I mean, he deserves so much more than he's already uh, been received, but he's given so much to the field. And yeah. I think we are very blessed and we're very honored to have that. Thank you so much for sitting with me today, Habib. And there you have it, another episode of Medshield Movement Connect with somebody who honestly is a role model and should inspire everybody at home and you should listen to the nuggets that he's given because I cannot refute one of them and he was Mr. South Africa and stuff before I even stepped on the stage so you have to defer to your elders thank you so much and stay safe at home